Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. In part one of this series on strategic planning, we laid the foundation for a solid process. So now let's move forward to structuring or formulating your plan. Like the process, your plan is very unique to your organization. That means I'm not giving you a boilerplate structure for a plan. I will give you elements of a sound plan, but I'm not giving you a cookie cutter because they just don't work. The plan captures the practical formulation and articulation of your strategy. So what's your plan supposed to do? First, your plan needs to direct every, every single initiative that the business undertakes. That means that your operations are aligned with your strategy. If you listen to my podcasts regularly, you know that I am hooked on, stuck on, wedded to alignment. It is so important. What else is your plan supposed to do? It really should reflect an understanding of your internal and your external business environments. That means it shows that you know and understand what's going on inside the organization and outside. I ask my clients to consider things like what's retention looking like? What's the revenue picture? What's the climate? Where do you need to scale? Which business lines are positioned for obsolescence? What are you developing that'll revolutionize your industry? What does your talent pipeline look like? And don't settle for cursory answers to these questions. I've had times where executives come back to me with a list of what amounts to their best guesses and their hunches about what's happening in the organization. For me, this is a red flag that they're out of touch and that they're out of tune. I want people to delve deeply to gather current data on the inner workings of the organization. There are lots and lots of questions that need to be posed so that the plan reflects current data on what's going on. Gathering that data may mean surveys, focus groups, town halls, or any number of other ways to hear from people. It's also going to necessarily entail looking at key metrics that indicate success, profits and losses, regulatory reports, citations, findings, new product launches, all sorts of data. The same applies to your industry and your external environment. What are the pressing issues that you and your competitors are grappling with? I do a lot of work in long-term care, aging services, post-acute care, And they're almost always dealing with increased regulations, decreased federal funding. Anytime I work with one of those organizations on strategic planning, those are the factors that have to be weighed and considered. Another factor to consider related to the external environment is where does your organization want to be? 
Are you thinking about positioning yourself to be an industry leader? That isn't every organization's goal. And it is perfectly fine not to want to be the forerunner. Just start the process with clarity about where you want to be. Devise a plan that's likely to take you there. Think about the available metrics for getting a realistic grasp on what's going on in the larger industry. Getting and staying in touch with the internal and external environments is not a one-shot deal. You need to be sure that you keep close to your stakeholders to know what's emerging. It's better to stay in the know than it is to be blindsided. The data that you're gathering is going to be about products, about services, about people, resources, internal customers, external customers, policies, but not just your internal policies, also about the legislative policies that impact you. The data is going to be about processes, competitors, new research, new developments. It's that data that drives your plan and will be of particular importance to your organization. Be really sure that you capture and consider a breadth and depth of types of data and data sources. I know I sound redundant, but I really can't stress that enough. It's important. Sources of inflammation can include, don't forget this, and again, I know this is redundant, but it's really important, your customers, your employees, your competitors, your vendors, your industry leaders, your trade associations, your lobbyists, all of these are people that you need to talk to. They're important stakeholders and they can help you form meaningful strategic objectives. Now, some strategic plans have business drivers. These are objectives that are reflective of mission, long and short range goals. They determine the course of the decisions that will be made resulting from the plan. Some strategic plans use the principles of appreciative inquiry or constructionist-based change. This approach focuses on envisioning a future based on the best of the past. It leverages and replicates successes. If you're really interested in detailed specifics, of how to craft a plan, go to the library on my website. There are a lot of articles there that will take you through the nuts and the bolts. The last thing I think you need in a sound plan is a way to measure. I like to call the measurements evaluation checkpoints. These are scheduled check-ins that measure the most essential components of the plan. Let's say that one of your strategic goals is penetration into a specific market. That means that you're going to have quarterly evaluation checkpoints that measure the results of building relationships, increasing sales, or other activities that you've spelled out to reach that goal. I really like using evaluation checkpoints because they give you quick, important data for refining or recalibrating elements of your plan. That means no guesswork, no hunches. That means real-time data. Now, I'm not saying that you keep rewriting your plan and making constant changes. I am saying that it's a living document 
that's actually used to steer the course. The other thing I like about evaluation checkpoints is that they keep a plan from getting dusty on a shelf. But remember, now I'm repeating myself and I know it, they're not excuses to constantly rewrite, restructure, or revamp the plan. Checkpoints are intended to keep you on track and to stay purpose-driven. Let's do a quick, quick, quick review. The plan captures a well-formulated strategy. It's unique. It's built on deep knowledge of your internal and external business environments. Obviously, the plan has to have objectives and goals. Lastly, regular methods have to be built in. These evaluation checkpoints are important methods for accountability. So now, you developed your unique plan. It's not a boilerplate. It has meaning to your organization. Here comes the real test. Implementation. This is the day-to-day operations or activities that make the strategy real in the organization. So consider if one of your strategic goals is to utilize human capital in a way that promotes employee satisfaction, well, then you will have identified key indicators of that satisfaction, crafted clear activities based on your initial data gathering so that you can make it happen. Maybe your activities will include engaging employees in civic work or giving them autonomy over how they're going to do their jobs. Who knows what you'll come up with? The bottom line is that you'll have an implementation plan that's directly linked to your strategic goals. You already know that I'm a big believer in collaboration. That means collaboration in creating the plan, collaboration in determining how best to implement it, even collaboration on how to evaluate it. The reason that I suggest beginning with a cross-functional, cross-level team is to promote collaboration at the outset. The implementation plan ensures progress towards the results that you're looking to get. Again, we cannot be naive. Even the best strategies and approaches to implementation are going to have roadblocks. There will be hurdles and other real-life issues. The implementation plan needs to have contingencies. Implementation is where you're actually using the evaluation checkpoints. They're going to guide reporting and assessing where to go next. The evaluation methods should strengthen the likelihood of successful implementation. As you're implementing and evaluating, use exploratory questions to keep dialogue going. Exploratory questions include things like, what happens if a competitor gets a certificate of need and can build an acute care facility within 10 miles of one of our old lagging buildings? Or what happens if we get a community charter for our credit union and can expand throughout a larger market? Or what if we don't get the grant for our largest program? Or What happens if that legislation we've been lobbying for doesn't get passed? There are any number of exploratory questions that you can and should ask 
while you're implementing your plan. This constant dialogue provides us with intelligence about what continues to evolve internally and externally. Remember, implementation and evaluation go hand in hand. I know I keep saying that in different ways. I know I'm being redundant because it's important. It's a very important point. And it's one of those things where I see clients just not getting it, just really not getting it. So I want to spare you that pain. The evaluation is what ensures that operational results are forthcoming and that strategy and operations are, my favorite word, aligned. Don't forget that as you evaluate the actual implementation, you have to be using substantive measures that happen at regular intervals. Redundant, but important. Now, I haven't said this thing that I'm getting ready to say because I make the mistake of assuming that the basics are understood, but I probably shouldn't do that. I should know better and do better at this point. The unstated thing is communication. The planning team should be communicating with each other, obviously, and also with the larger organization. Make sure that leaders throughout the enterprise are helping employees understand how their work impacts the achievement of strategic goals and objectives. Linking the rank and file is important in creating and maintaining commitment to the plan and maintaining alignment. Solicit their questions and their feedback. The more you can connect these stakeholders to strategy, the more likely it'll be implemented and sustained. Keep everybody abreast of the work that you're doing. Keep them abreast of the successes during implementation. Invite their questions. Make sure that people doing the work understand not just the how, but the why. And strategy is the why. Be humble enough to admit the failures during implementation because they are learning opportunities for the entire organization. Another obvious thing that I probably should have stated and didn't is all about resource allocation. If you craft a plan and don't have the resources to make it happen, all you did was waste your already limited resources. As you start creating a plan, look at the available financial, technological, and human resources required. Weigh what's required at the operational level. Do you have sufficient resources throughout the organization? Where can you shift and borrow to be sure that each business unit has what it needs to implement its part of the plan? I know resource allocation and communication are glaringly obvious, but I thought I better state it anyway. My goal in this podcast was to give you tools to first think about strategic planning and all of its elements, and then use this foundational information to create a plan that's going to work for your organization. 
look, strategic planning does not have to be mysterious or magical and uh, overly complex. It really does not have to be all of that. What it does need to be is collaborative and well-informed. It needs to reflect an understanding of the internal and the external business environments. Now, I already told you that my personal bias is that organizations need compelling missions that guide their planning. But look, that's just my preference. It doesn't have to be done like that. There are as many approaches to strategic planning as there are organizations that need a strategic plan. I want you to use the pointers in this podcast and use some of the articles on my website to create a plan that will move your organization towards its most powerful, positive potential. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.